From The Conversation, this is Politics with Michelle Grattan, a podcast where we hear from politicians and experts on the issues of the day. With Senator Lydia Thorpe's defection from the Greens, the dynamics in the Senate have changed somewhat. Now the government needs two crossbenchers rather than just one, as well as the Greens, to pass legislation that's opposed by the coalition. Tasmanian Senator Jackie Lambie and her colleague Tammy Tyrrell can provide those two votes, which puts them in a potentially strong bargaining position. Lambie, who joins us today, has always been willing to flex her political muscle and to speak her mind. We begin our conversation by talking to her about her recent trip to Alice Springs and her views on The Voice. Jackie Lambie, you went to Central Australia a few weeks ago to see the situation on the ground. What did you find? Oh, so we went to Alice Springs a few weeks ago. What we found is that from the alcohol restrictions now being put partly back into place or most of it back into place, what we did see there was a reduction by about two-thirds of the violence, the drinking and anything else that is accompanied with that. So it's basically, it looks, the numbers haven't haven't quite fallen back to where they were before they removed those alcohol restrictions and then put them back in. Uh, they're a little bit above, so if you look at any numbers right across the board, they're slightly still above than what they were beforehand, but it has settled things down there. Now, I'm not sure how long that's going to be the case for, but it's certainly settled it down for the time being. We're still seeing a lot of violence in the Territory and we saw the shocking news of a young Darwin man who was stabbed. You earlier were critical of the Prime Minister's response when he visited Alice, labelling it as soft and said that tough love was needed. What more do you think the federal government should be doing? Okay, well, let me tell you this much. If the federal government had been doing its homework for the last nine years, like I have been, and running around to those Indigenous communities, seeing what difference that cashless debit card would be, and that's at 80-20, not 50-50, like they've got it on the basics card, what they will see is the significant difference there in a matter of months problem is they haven't done their homework and they have not done it certainly where I am and they've had minister after minister and change over positions and this is why nothing is getting done. So I'll tell you what I see. First of all, what I would like to see back in is the old jobs program. I don't know how many of these places I've visited in the Indigenous communities over the last nine years where they just so much praise that old jobs program. Are we talking about the community development? Yep, community development program. Over the years, they have taken money out of that uh, and it's just basically ended up being work for the doll. This is why it's been a failure. They need to go back and they need to generate the money back into that. This is where the Indigenous... You know, they, they're taught to build their own communities. They're given those skill sets. We have young Indigenous kids out there that are getting apprenticeships um, and therefore they're staying in their communities and they start looking after their communities. I mean, this thing, this program, when you see it and when you hear about it and when you see the destruction of it because they're no longer investing in that, it's absolutely heartbreaking. This is one of the main key pieces that needs to be placed back into these communities immediately. Now, they haven't got six months to be honest with you, they do not have six months. So while you want to say that, you know, this voice is going to make a difference, well, here's the voice of the people for nine years. 
start moving on these sort of programs. They work and they work really well. You're talking about you want to build all these thousands of Indigenous new homes. This is the perfect time to grab the ball by the horns and run with this old CDE program. It needs to be restarted. You get those skill sets and they stay in the communities. Now, did Indigenous people talk to you about The Voice? Not so much about The Voice, I think, because I was up there just when they were, uh, you know, starting to see a slight bit of uh, reduction in the violence and that that was going on out in those streets. They still wanted to talk to me about that and what they thought needed to be done. But more importantly, they actually spoke to me about, not even that, about just things that have been going on in the past that they want to see changes in and what would be better off for their communities, which is the same stuff I've been hearing for the last nine years. That You know what, one of the biggest problems up there is simple. Where is all the money going? Because you see land councils, you see the bigger Indigenous groups out there that have got all the money, but we're not seeing any positive results. We're just not seeing those results. And there is a lot of Indigenous out there that know that they're not getting the results, but also know they're not getting any part of that money, even though they're Indigenous. This is one of the biggest issues going on and which will be, as you'll see this grow a little bit more over the voice. Because seriously, we are not collecting data out of the Indigenous groups up there. Look at Alice Springs, for example. Right, you have all these shop fronts up there. We have a massive amount of shop fronts up there. And yet we don't seem to be closing the gap in Alice Springs. You have to ask why. Why do you continue to give taxpayers money to something where you cannot show is having results? Well, it's not having results. Where do you think the money's going? Where do you see the problem here? Well, this is just it. I don't know where the money's going, and this is why I'm a big supporter behind the motion of Richard Colbeck's and Jacinta Price's to investigate all this. I don't agree with Senator Pocock that he's happy to get onto that motion after the voice is done. This stuff needs to be done now because you need to hear what is going on with that money or what isn't going on with that money or where is it? Where's the money and why is there no difference? There is billions and billions of dollars that goes into this portfolio and yet we've only just marginally closed the gap on three of those, I think three of the 15 out there, just, just marginally. So that is a real, real problem for me. But the truth needs to come out. There is a lot of money that is not being accounted for and it needs to be accounted and we need to see if it's working. So what sort of investigation do you think is needed? Oh, I think that having an audit fashion... Having a look at this, I think the motion that Jacinta Price uh, and the Liberals um, have worked on, uh, I think that would cover the whole lot. Just explain that motion to our listeners. Yeah, so basically it goes into the land councils, it goes into the shop fronts, it asks them to show where they've made positive change. Basically, this is the bigger picture of it. It goes in to see that motion that they're, they're doing or the inquiry that they want to do should actually end up pinpointing why we're not getting the results out of the money, how come that money is not accounted for and it should be. We've got to hold people accountable to get results. So that's pretty much it. In, in, A parliamentary inquiry. Parliamentary inquiry, sorry. That is what the motion is and we need to do it. I don't agree with David Pocock. He wants to leave that until after the voice is taken. It is too late. That needs to be taken now because this is a massive part. This is a very big part of the problem. Now, you're an Indigenous woman. You've expressed some doubts about the voice. Where do you stand on it at the moment? Um, For me, I'm more worried about getting some things put in and getting them in early and showing that I want Labor to show their hand, okay? There is stuff that has worked in the past that they actually restart now. We already know that. That's what I would like to see. 
I'm not going to go either way. I'm still watching this play out. But what I do know is this will come down to the people of Tasmania and I will watch on that last. I will take my vote on the Saturday. Um, and depending on whether that's for or against the voice, I will see by polling and here on the ground there um, on which way that's going and that's the way I'll vote. Well, you're talking about referendum day here. I'm talking about referendum day, yes. I, quite frankly, if it was just me, it's not me. I'll put that out there now. It's not me, it is for Tasmania. But I'd actually like them to listen to what I'm saying, what other people are saying, and start putting some programs back in and start giving us a bit of faith that this voice is going to work because, honestly, for the amount of time I've spent on the ground out there, and if you don't want to listen to me, what I believe is better, when none of your people have spent anywhere near the amount of time I have on the ground over the last nine years, and quite frankly, they're the voices that are telling me these things need to be done, you could be doing that today. So start showing some goodwill so I can start seeing some change. And I can tell you, I think that would help in the long run of getting people to vote for the voice. But if you're just going to sit here and you're not going to do anything for six months, I do not think that's helpful. But you would presumably vote for the referendum enabling legislation. Absolutely. I'm going to enable it all the way up there. I'm not going to stop that. That's fair enough. It'll just be that last couple of days or the day that I go in there on the sad day to vote for the referendum. It'll be, well, what do you want, Tasmanians? And obviously it's going to be a yes or no. You'll be able to see that through polling. Do you have any view on the wording that's now been announced last week that'll be introduced in the legislation this week and then voted on in June? I have to say to you, Michelle, no, I don't. Um, I think I'm going to leave that up to the rest to see. I think that's just popped out there now. It'll be very interesting to see um, how that goes over the next week. I personally personally don't have a problem with that wording, but I'm quite sure there's plenty of other people that will, and I guess we just see what happens. On another matter, the uh, Greens and the government have now come to a, an agreement on the Safeguard Mechanism Bill have you looked at this yet and your position's been in favour of that bill, hasn't it? Yes, it has. I think there's still a couple of days um, left that we've got a bit of argy-bargy going on. There is a couple of things. I do have a couple of manufacturing industries down there. I've got cement and I've got Norsky Scoog, which is paper. And I can tell you now, because they don't make the profits of the mining down there and, and uh, the zinc and the sink and steel. The problem is these guys at this point in time, the way they've done the calculation, this will take them out. I've only got five big industries down there and these are two of them. And I need to make sure that they can stay alive. That's what I need to make sure. And right now we're not quite at that. I am waiting for Cement Australia and Norsky Skoog. They don't have as much as the other big three. They've gone back to PWC. They have to get all their numbers straight. They have to make sure all their numbers are, are written down so we can have a look at them to see how close we are. And until that's done, until I can see that, which I was hoping to get by the end of the day, on to today, that could be by end of play tomorrow yet. So I'm waiting on that. And as soon as we can take more discussion up on that and we can find a way through that to make sure that those two industries survive in Tasmania, then we're pretty much right to go. On taxation, you've been a vocal critic of uh, the Stage 3 tax cuts, saying that people like you don't need a, a handout. Do you think, however, there should be a wider inquiry into taxation? 
Oh, I have no. I'm. I'm not. I'm not one of those experts, but definitely, I don't mind more inquiries on taxation because it's something that I can learn. But what I would like to see with those stage three tax cuts is we've got it around the wrong way. It needs to be flipped back, and it needs to go from this end from about nineteen thousand, giving them tax cuts, all the way up to probably about I think it's about eighty or one hundred and ten thousand. And not only would they get a nice tax cut themselves down here, we'd actually be able to put half of that two hundred and fifty-eight billion or two hundred and sixty billion back into the bank. That's what we'll be able to do. I think helping those people that need it the most um, is more important than anything else because people like me do not need it. So let's reverse that and start from this end. That's what I'd like to see, especially right now in the tough economic times that we're going through and where we're going to go through over the next six to 12 months. With the changes in the crossbench numbers after Lydia Thorpe's defection, your negotiating power has effectively been increased. How are you going to use that somewhat increased power? What's your wish list here? Oh, you know, we just worked through us and we've been in this position before. So, um, you know, we certainly go, woohoo, we've got all this extra power. It doesn't quite work like that. I find that the longer I spend up here, the more um, it's not just having that power, but you actually have negotiation skills coming. You've got those friendships developed as well. And instead of saying no, 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 we go, okay, how can we meet you in the middle here? What can we do? What needs to be done? Obviously, we're really careful on when we vote things, when we vote for things that are close to the heart or going to make difference to people's lives that are struggling out there. Um, We need to make sure that all of the nation gets a piece of that, not just Tasmania. We want to make sure that's quite clear. It's lovely to do a deal for Tasmania when it works, but when it comes to the social side of things, many people around Australia are doing it tough. We have to make sure that we're being very fair about that and probably not asking for extra, making sure everybody gets a fair deal from that. I guess that's the sort of things we look at. What is fair? Great if we can get an extra for Tasmania, but what is what is the best thing for the nation to move forward? And that's how we always look at it. Are there any particular items you'd like to pursue? Oh, sure. You know, we need uh, infrastructure for our ports down in Tasmania. Uh, You know, we could do with the extra housing like everybody else out there. Uh, You know, we need educators down there. We need more apprentices down there. And, of course, our TAFEs. I've had a gutful of Labor saying to us, yes, we're fixing up the TAFEs, when I know very well that they haven't even made it to the front door yet. It really annoys me. So the TAFEs will be a big one for us, especially because we already know that we need our kids going into training on wind turbines um, and energy for the future. Uh, So we need a lot more of that training down there. We want to see that. And there'll also be changeover from guys that have been in industry that can use those electrical skills and and trade skills um, need to be slightly retrained. And the only place we've got for them right now is those TAFEs. We don't have unions down there like they do in Victoria where they have their own training grounds. It does not exist in Tasmania. So we need to get those TAFEs up and running. And I can tell you, even though I've been talking about this for nine years, I've still got those 1950s Cold War industrial machines sitting in our TAFEs. Seriously. I mean, how is anyone going to learn on that? Just finally, you obviously negotiated with the former government. How do you find this government to deal with compared to that government? Well, it is only early days, <laughs> but so I far. say so far, so far, I have to compare to them, it's actually been quite delightful. So as long as they stay honest and the trust remains, um, hopefully that will remain. But you can even tell the difference in coming up here. You know, towards that last election, walking into this building only made me feel sick to the stomach. And if there'd been any more people in dark clothes, I would have thought in those last half a dozen sitting weeks, I was attending a funeral up here. 
That is what it was like. It was god-awful. The whole atmosphere, people holding their heads down, not even making eye contact. Government people, you mean? Government people, just just the public servants working up here. It was just god-awful, even though they could feel the impact of it. So, you know, it's, it's nice to be up here now where people are nice and rosy. Everybody seems happy. They're all back in their colourful clothes, probably too colourful for some. But um, you can see the different atmosphere going around those corridors. And I'll tell you what, it's nice. I actually have never seen this. I didn't even see this when I started um, up here back in 2014. So to see it like this is lovely. I can. I only hope that the Prime Minister and the Labor Party can hold it that because it's a lot more pleasant and it makes the working environment a lot more pleasant. Jackie Lambie, thank you very much for uh, talking with us today and, and sharing your impressions from your Northern Territory trip. That's all for today's podcast. Thank you to my producer, Mikey Burnett. We'll be back with another interview you soon but goodbye for now our theme music is by lee rosevere you can find more podcasts from the conversation on our website at theconversation.com